Jesus, thank you that we can worship you together. And um, thank you that you don't silence children from participating in your worship and in prayer. And I thank you that you let the kids lead us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I find it unique. I think it's unique that we're worshiping in here because as I believe as worship rises, it impacts the atmosphere and it can bring peace. And so then kids from Tree of Life get to come into this gym and experience some of the, us already fighting the warfare for them. And so I, I just, I think that's awesome. So thank you for participating in that. We are in a series because we're meeting now. So we, why not have a series of things that matter, things mentioned in the Bible that matter. And because I get to be the one who shares, I got to pick what I wanted to share about. So we're talking about coats tonight through the Bible. So in the beginning, two people felt ashamed and embarrassed. And they looked at each other and they felt naked and they felt not enough. And they felt judged and they pointed fingers at each other and they felt shame, ah, Rome, the belief that I am the thing that is wrong. And so God covered them up. And when God covered them up, they felt safe and protected. And I know that many of you get this image of two people covered up in like fig leaf bikinis, but I think a more historical representation might be a coat that God wrapped around them and they felt safe and protected. Then they had kids and Cain killed Abel. And so a few years later, many years later, a king by the name of Saul tried to put his coat on a young shepherd named David. But this time it wasn't a coat to keep him warm or cover his embarrassment. It was a coat of armor meant to protect him as he fought a giant Goliath because what had been originally designed as something to protect us from embarrassment and shame was now being used to protect us from violence and death. But David declined wearing Saul's coat and he said, I cannot go in these because I'm not used to them. How Saul had tried to protect himself was not the same way that David needed protected. David didn't need Saul's coat. He needed protection from God, and many of us know the rest of the story. Another time, a young man named Joseph was given a coat by his father, a coat of many colors, because his father favored him and wanted to bless his life. Joseph's brothers became jealous of one father bestowing love on one of his children, and they kidnapped him, sold him into slavery, dipped his coat in blood, and told his father he was dead. Because in their mind, if they couldn't have a special coat too, then nobody could have a special coat. If I don't have a coat, I feel embarrassed. And if I do have a coat, 
I feel embarrassed of the potential of not having a coat because I knew what it felt like when I didn't have proper covering. And so I will undoubtedly try to get as many coats as I can so that if I lose one, I can have another one and then I gain two coats. But if I collect a coat as backup, now I have to have a place to store my extra coat. And so I have to buy another hook or build another coat hanger or add another closet or if we're not talking about coats, maybe build another garage so that now I can have a place and I have to use my time and energy to create a space to put that coat that makes me feel safe. And if I put my time and energy into building that space, now I feel more protective of that space than I ever felt before, and I want no one from outside to come into that space that I used my time and energy to build and potentially take one of my coats. And so I spend a lot of time protecting the coats that I'm not wearing from the people who threaten to take them because they're bad and they're coming to get me. All the while, as we all know, we never realize that the coats were never ours to begin with. And so we come across a man named John, several years later, who is preparing the way for Jesus and as he begins to prepare the way for Jesus, he understands this way of thinking and sees that it's more than coats. But he says, the person who has two coats should give one of their coats to the person who doesn't have any coats. Because when I can let go of the one thing that's keeping me safe, I can experience faith. I can experience the faith of trusting God because this kind of faith only comes with generosity of sacrificing something meaningful to me. If I don't put myself in a position to rely on God to cover me and I hoard all of my own coverings over here, then I can never experience the gift of faith and joy that generosity actually has for me. And all of that comes with the acknowledgement that my extra coats were never mine. They were always God's and they were meant for someone else. Now, when we shared on Facebook that I was going to be talking about coats, everyone thought it was a coat drive. And so if you brought coats and snow pants, bring them in because we'll find people for them. But I wanted to talk about what it, how coats lead us to Jesus in the Bible because the reality is this. You go to college so that you can get a good job, so that you can get a good house, so that you can marry a good spouse, so that you and your spouse, who probably met in college, can now go and, with your good jobs, fill your house with stuff so that you can get a better job, so that you can add on a garage or a double garage and fill it with more stuff and save for your retirement 
And then right when you're about to feel safe, like you're good to go for life, you die. And then you die. And the story ends. And Jesus says, it's like a man who had a lot of excess. And so he built barns and he put all of his coats inside of the barn and then he died. And people came and took all of his stuff. Friends, the message of Jesus displayed in coats is not that us giving our extra to those in need is an effort to save them. The gospel message is not that I give my extra to someone in need. The gospel is something that comes for me. The message of Jesus to save me from my crippling fear that comes from hoarding all of my stuff. The gospel comes to save me from storing up treasures here and being afraid that everyone's going to take my treasures. And the gospel sets me free to be generous. And so we come across a man named Bartimaeus in Mark 10, 46. And I want to read you that story briefly. If my little marker can actually work. You know the little strings they put in the Bible? There we go. Found it. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. They were leaving the city. As they were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside banging, begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. A lot of people rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, Go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road, throwing aside his cloak, his coat. You have to understand that if you're blind, your coat is the only thing to protect you from the elements. It's the thing that brings in the gifts. It's the thing to sit on. It's the one thing you had, and he only had one of them. And the moment he has the opportunity to step towards Jesus, he throws it aside and he goes to Jesus. Because Bartimaeus knows that Jesus had more for him than what he was leaving behind. And he only had one coat. He didn't want the things he used to protect himself and eliminate his own fear and shame when the opportunity to encounter Jesus came. He knew that if he could let go of what caused him to feel safe and secure, he could find Jesus and be healed and be free. So, those could be just Rod's jumbled thoughts. You could disagree. But I'm not on a raised stage because I'm not closer to God than you. But Dallas Willard, a great theologian who recently passed away, says that we oftentimes look at the lives of the disciples and the life of Jesus 
And we see the miracles that Jesus did, and we see the things that the apostles did, and we say, man, they had a lot of faith. They must have had more faith than me because I don't experience those things that they were experiencing. Or we say that was for them then and not me now. All the while, God has given us little tiny things to do. And if we would do those little tiny things that he tells us to do with our lives, they would fast forward us into the kingdom of God and we would experience the creator like we have never experienced the creator before. There's an opportunity when we let go of our extra coats to not fear the other. There's an opportunity to lean on God as opposed to leaning on savings. There's also an opportunity for huge impact for people to look at you and say their life is different. We want some of that because we know if I can be in contact with that person, they will value me as a person and not see me as a threat. When we can live our lives with an open hand. But in order for that to happen, we have to begin to believe a little tiny belief that Jesus has more for us than what we could potentially leave behind. And so a rich, young ruler approaches Christ and he says, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, do all the right stuff. And he says, I did. And then Jesus says, but you didn't sell everything you have and you didn't give to the poor. You're living your life like this. And Jesus makes it clear that when you give to the poor and when you don't build up extra space to store all of your coats and your cars and your junk, so that you feel safe inside. Jesus makes it clear when you step away from that and leave that behind so that he can take you into what he wants you to do and you actually do that little shift and you give to the poor, not out of your excess, but out of what you have because you don't live with excess. Jesus makes it very clear that the person that you're giving those things to is him. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was a stranger, and you let me in. And so I have been disenchanted for a long time with the way that we are taught in this world to build empires of great things around our faith. When Jesus has said, if you have two coats, give one away. And if you want to truly experience my kingdom, then live your life like this. And so our prayer for Edison Chapel is that we be a people who live a lifestyle of an open hand, as opposed to a people who say, we believe all the right things, and we've checked all of the boxes. We are a people who live with one coat and who give to those in need. 
And through that lifestyle, that little tiny thing, may we begin to step into this thing called God's kingdom where the anxiety starts to disappear and where the hope of a, of a future that we have to create and build walls to protect ourselves with starts to not be necessary, but we can simply be a people who love unconditionally. And so as we get ready to sing song number 26, what I will be doing, and if you want to join me, is taking an inventory of my life and saying, Lord, where have I built my own storages to keep myself safe and to keep myself protected? And where do you want to set me free? Because in doing that, I can acknowledge that I am not the gospel meant to save others with my excess, but rather the gospel of Jesus Christ has come to me to save me from my excess. So Father, we submit ourselves to you, and we ask that you can give us the courage and the bravery to do the little things that are in your word that you promise, promise will fast forward us into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.